Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Greetings, good day, and welcome back to Gathered by the Ghostlight, original stories for radio theater. I'm Jonathan Cook, your host, producer, and sometimes voice actor on this thing. And as we approach the month of September, I want to remind all of you out there that September is National Suicide Awareness and Prevention Month, and you can participate in the fight by getting involved with local organizations or by simply listening to those around you who need help. In a hopeful effort to raise suicide awareness, Today's story revolves around that theme. It's a new play written by Florida-based playwright Ken Pruce. It's called A Benevolent Alliance of Mourners. You are about to meet a young college student who's returned home to attend the funeral of one of his good friends. While he's standing outside the church, he happens to, by chance, run into the singer that was hired to perform at the funeral. And as they converse, as they confess, they're going to soon discover that they are connected in unexpected ways. Now, gather around the ghost light, sit back and enjoy. This is A Benevolent Alliance of Mourners, written by Ken Pruce. And be sure to stick around after the story to hear an interview with this writer. Christ! You scared me. Sorry. And I've used the Lord's name in vain in a church. Technically, we're outside the church, so you're good. I'm sneaking out for a cigarette, so I'm not that good. This has got to be against the rules, right? There's a list of ten inside. I didn't see a thou shalt not smoke. (laughs) My mother would still disapprove, though. Says I'm killing my... Shouldn't be laughing. Not here. Not now. Pete's crying all the time. Sure the hell does. <laughs> Can I say hell? It's fine. They actually use that one inside sometimes. Not today, I hope. Want a cigarette? Uh, no. Thank you. I'm just out here to warm up. It's 35 degrees. Warm up vocally. I'm singing at the end of the service. Oh, um, I'll put these away. So I don't mess up your voice. You're not going for that smoky jazz singer thing, are you? Probably the wrong vibe for the venue. Yeah, probably. 
I suppose you're listed in the program. I kind of avoided looking at it. Like, seeing things in print is going to make all this real. Program. Is that even the word? It's not like I'm at a freaking musical. Musicals are happier. Not all of them. Cabaret, Les Mis, West Side Story, Little Shop of Horrors. Stage version, not screen. You know your stuff. Been to a lot of musicals. Program is fine. Or brochure, pamphlet, order of service. You know your stuff too. Been to a lot of funerals. Maybe you could mix in a birthday sometime. Birthdays are happier. Not all of them. Right. Um, things will be starting soon. I'll let you warm up. I'm done, actually. You headed back in? I can wait. I can too. Unless you really need that cigarette. Nah, I'll survive. It's actually nice uh, to talk with someone new. I keep thinking I'm going to say something stupid in there. I've got no experience with this kind of thing. Some might consider not being used to funerals a good thing. <laughs> See? Messing up already. Best to get that over with before you go inside. You're pretty funny for a <laughs> funeral singer. <laughs> oh, best to get that over with before I go inside. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody is so... numb. They have a right to be, but they could use a few smiles eventually. How do you know Jeremy? I don't. Didn't. I met his dad. After. There's a Craigslist for funeral performers or something? His neighbor's co-worker lost her mom. My number was shared. Kind of how it works. A benevolent alliance of mourners. That'd make a great name for a band. Hmm. I'll keep it in mind in case I change career paths. Is this your actual career? Singing for strangers on the saddest day possible? It wasn't the plan. And not really a story you want to hear. I could use a different story. Not ready for this one to be true yet. Mine's no fairy tale either. Fairy tales aren't even fairy tales. They wrote a whole musical about it. My sister, Grace, was the performer in the family. Sang everywhere. Talent shows, coffee shops, supermarket grand openings. Taught me everything I know. Sounds nice. It was, for a long time. She went on the road after high school, tried the music thing for real. Auditions, demos, agents. It didn't work out. She gave up on music? Gave up on everything. Her 20th birthday. Oh, oh. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you talk about it. It's fine. Not like I wasn't thinking about her anyway. I warm up outside at these things, every time, as if she's up there watching me. Let her know I'm still moving forward and thinking about her, taking care of her guitar. And that's how you started Grace's funeral? Almost five years ago. Bob Dylan, forever young. Drew, too. Forever young. A couple of months will be the same age. You ever get over it? Losing someone this way? Over it? No. Not yet, anyway. I understand it better, though, I think. Twenty's an odd age. Things you don't tell your friends. Things you won't tell your parents. Things you can't tell a 14-year-old. 
Everyone checked in on her, but none of us saw what was going on. The blind men and the elephant. Is that another musical? Parable. These blind travelers touch different parts of an elephant. Trunk, ear, leg, tail. They each understand things from their own perspectives, but no one gets the whole picture. Everyone needs that whole picture person. Should have been that for Jeremy. Was. Through high school, anyway. People grow up. We graduated last spring. We didn't grow up just apart. You go off to school, you get busy, you make new friends. Sometimes you don't. Is that what happened? With Jeremy? I don't know. We were in touch. It was just different. You text, you post, you stay connected, but there's less of a connection. People can lose themselves when they're on their own. Find themselves too. We would have seen each other Thanksgiving break. I had stuff to tell him, stuff I haven't told. So freaking selfish. I'm getting angry that he's not here for me when, when I should have been there for him. We're all here for each other, revealing pieces of ourselves, trying to figure things out, looking for our full picture person. The blind men and the elephant. Good parable. Lousy name for a band, though. <laughs> <laughs> what are you singing anyway? Three Little Birds. What is that, a children's song? <laughs> no, it's Bob Marley. You know, cause every little thing is gonna be alright. Bob Dylan, Bob Marley. Do you sing any songs by people with other first names? Nope. Stairway to Heaven once, Led Zeppelin. But written by Robert Plant, who's just a Bob acting formal. Why Three Little Birds? I offer a list of songs Grace used to sing. His dad picked it. Said something about the Red Sox? Whole crowd singing it right before a big home run. Said it always gives him hope. Hope sounds good. If Jeremy's up there watching, he'll be happy. He loved the Red Sox. War hat everywhere. It's hard to picture him without it. Do you have any? Pictures? I'd love to see one. I'm sure I can find a few on my phone. Um, let's see. Been a while. <laughs> um, oh, there. There we go. End of summer. Red Sox hat as advertised. This is actually the last time I saw him. If I'd known, I would have made sure it wasn't so blurry. Blurry memories are better than none at all. Any of the two of you together? I've got a great one he took. Um, I'll find it real quick. Oldie but goodie. <laughs> I stole it and posted it way back. Ah, there it is. Wow. Where are you? Ferris wheel. Town carnival. End of eighth grade. All we see is sky for forever. Two friends on a perfect day. <laughs> Great caption. It's from Evan Hansen. It's a musical about... Um, are, are you two screaming here or laughing? We're stuck at the top. I'm hyperventilating and Jeremy's singing to calm me down. <laughs> like a lullaby? Like the opposite. He sings so badly I cracked up and forgot about being scared. Wait, wait, yeah. He was singing Three Little Birds. No. Yes. I mean, he only knew every little thing is going to be all right part. 
but he kept repeating it every time it came around. They were playing it on the ride? There is a stage nearby for entertainment. You can see it in the background of the photos. Marching bands, dancers, magicians. Someone was singing and Jeremy was joining in. Poorly, but with great enthusiasm. Was this the 100-year celebration thing? Probably. It may have been 101 years by the time we got down, though. I think you guys were listening to Grace. She sang at that carnival right before she left. I can actually see her on the stage. It's distant and out of focus, but it's her. I have a picture of Jeremy and Grace. Let me borrow your phone. I want to text it to myself so that we both have it. I had zero photos of this show. Always wanted one. Here. Sorry, it's blurry. Blurry's perfect. I can envision it different every time I look. Eyes wide as she sings, closed as she solos, a smile or a snarl. I can even put myself in the audience. I'm also going to go ahead and put myself in your phone. (laughs) Why? We're keeping in touch. I volunteered to be your whole picture person. Text me. Call me. Tell me stuff so somebody knows. And I'll tell you stuff too, if you want. (laughs) How about your name? Ellie. My name's... Alex. I know. I snooped your Instagram. I can do that. We're friends. (laughs) I mean, I'm in your favorite contacts. This is really happening then. We'll be good for each other. A benevolent alliance of mourners. Here's your phone back. You know, I don't think it was an accident we met today. I've heard it said that people come into our lives for a reason. We are led to those who help us most to grow, and we help them in return. That's wicked. I was going to say corny, but I didn't want to ruin the moment. <laughs> I mean wicked, the musical. Oh. We'll help each other, but you've got some serious Broadway history to brush up on. You can teach me about the Bobs in return. There are some really good ones. Bob Seger, Bob Geldof. Bobby Darren. Bobby Darren's the Mac the Knife guy. So? Mac the Knife is from a musical. Well, a play with music, but it's a starting point. And a good place to stop. (laughs) For now. It's time to head in. What if I can't? What if I'm not ready? No one's ever ready. You've just gotta move. Forward. Eventually, yes. Right now, Just to the side, so I can get my guitar. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Here. Break legs, heal hearts. (laughs) Lots of pressure. I'm just gonna sing. For the family and friends. Remember the words you hear, though. The words Grace and Jeremy sang for you the last time you were stuck. Every little thing, gonna be alright. And if you don't believe me, look. Up there at that tree? Someone's watching over us. Ah, little birds. Only two, though. Three would have been perfect. I like it this way. Maybe these are ones we know. After you. Don't worry. Bye, Mom.
That was A Benevolent Alliance of Mourners, written by Kim Pruce. It was performed by Oliver Caffey as Alex and Chelsea Mahoney as Ellie. All right, so joining me now is the writer of the story you just heard. Um, He's a Florida-based performer and playwright who became a teacher to guarantee himself an audience five days a week. He's written plays produced all around the world, and his work has been published by Pioneer Publishing, Playscripts Inc., Eldridge Plays, Next Stage Press, among many others. Ladies and gentlemen, Ken Pruce. How are you, good sir? Hey, Jonathan. That was a, a nice introduction. I should hire you as a publicist. That makes me sound pretty, pretty fancy when you put it all together in one paragraph like that. Hey, I do my research. <laughs> yeah, well done. Uh, and I guess I should start off by saying welcome back, because this is actually your second time that I've produced one of your plays on the podcast. Um, earlier this year, I did your play Science Friction. I believe it was episode 26. Um, so you have officially joined the Two Timers Club. Um, you're Woo-hoo. you're in good company. John Maybe is here. Patrick Gabridge is here. Uh, so you got that going for you. I'm hoping that we, if we get to three, do we get a jacket? Uh, maybe I'm, I'm looking into that. I think I only have one person in the three timers club and that is Scott Mullen so far. <laughs> oh, those are all, I feel honored. Those are three of my favorite playwrights you mentioned there. So thank you for including me. Quick follow-up question. When we talked about science friction last time at the time of the recording, you had not seen a stage version of it yet, but I remember in our interview, you said you were going to be seeing it in July in Orlando. So did you get to see it? And what did you think? I did. It was a good production at their local uh, Playwrights Roundtable in Orlando. So it was the first time I got to see it on stage. So I've heard it a few times and watched a couple of recordings, but it was nice to sit in the audience and uh, and see the, the jokes come to life. Uh, you know, it's one of the things I like about writing comedies is you get that instant feedback when you're in the audience, whether the joke works or whether the joke doesn't work or whether it can be tweaked. So it was fun to watch it and uh, hear the uh, laughs of recognition when I would reference a particular uh, science fiction novel or science fiction uh, uh, play or movie. So it was a, it was a lot of fun to, to get to see that. So uh, um, I have not yet seen a production of this play, but ironically, it's coming up later this year at the same uh, group, Playwrights Roundtable. So I guess I've got a good uh, system here. As long as you produce a, you know, audio recording of a play, then someone in Orlando is going to scoop it up. So thank you for helping me get to see some local productions. Hey, I do what I can. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So speaking of uh, this play, the audience just heard uh, the one you just mentioned, completely different than science friction. Uh, you went a totally different genre with this one. Uh, it's a touching play. It shifts between comedy and drama, and it's got this suicide awareness theme. So from your writer's brain, tell us about your process for coming up with this play? Well, it's interesting. As you know, most of my plays are flat out comedies. And there was actually a company in California who were looking for plays about suicide awareness. And John maybe had actually been uh, produced in that uh, company before. So he recommended that I try to write something. And I sat around Jonathan for I'd say an hour, two hours, just staring at a blank page, thinking like I could do this and then thinking I could never do this. There's no way I can write a play in my style that, you know, touches on something this serious. And then just as I was about to give up, there was like a weird twist of fate. Um, About a week or two before I started writing that, I'd watched an episode of Saturday Night Live and there was a musician on there named Phoebe Bridgers, who I'd never heard of, but um, I just had randomly 
put her music on in the background when I was trying to, to write. And I was just about to close the document and bail out of trying to write a play about suicide when a song of hers came on just randomly. And the song title was Funeral. And from the first line, I could tell it was sung in the voice of a girl whose job it was to sing at funerals. And as soon as I heard that song, uh, a character popped into my mind, a character of Ellie, whose job it is to sing at funerals. And I just put her on the page and I just I started typing. And it was just a weird confluence of, you know, events. If I hadn't watched Saturday Night Live and hadn't put that singer on a playlist and that song hadn't shown up, I, I would never have gotten an idea. And then uh, from that moment, it just sort of flowed out of me. I, I placed her in, in the back of a church and Alex uh, stumbled upon her and they started a conversation. And I wouldn't say the play came instantly, but the characters came instantly. And then the story just evolved really nicely. Um, and I tried to work in some of that magic that inspired it into the play where they, they kind of connected over some uh, random similarities and, uh, you know, they connected over songs and uh, events in their life. And so some of the magic that helped me inspire it, I kind of worked into the play. And I think they gave it a little bit of the hope and the heart. Uh, so this sounds very similar to when we talked about science friction. You said that there was a theater looking for science fiction plays. And so you used that prompt to sort of find the inspiration for writing the story. So in this case, there was a theater looking for suicide prevention and awareness uh, plays. And you sort of went with that and you created uh, this play. And uh, do, do you find that when you have a prompt, does that help you more with coming up with an idea? I mean, obviously you probably have ideas floating around in your head all the time, but when you have a specific prompt and they have a deadline, does that does that sort of motivate you a little bit more to, to get something on the page? It does. I'm, I'm a big fan of deadlines because I procrastinate a lot and I, I have ideas that don't develop, but if I know there's a, a deadline and it forces me to sit down, I get into that groove and I, I've really been in a slump. In fact, this is uh, the seventh or eighth month now in a row that I've not written anything new and I really need that kind of deadline. Ironically, when I get these deadlines, I often meet the deadlines, submit to the theater, they pass on the play and then it goes on to have a life elsewhere. Uh, science Friction was passed over for that science fiction call, and this play did not get accepted to the uh, call for plays about suicide awareness, but it's found, you know, a life elsewhere. I think your production here is the 10th production of this play, the first audio one, but it's found a, a good audience with, with college students and uh, a couple theaters that are looking for something uh, with a little seriousness, but also, you know, a little levity, a little hope. I, my favorite moment is how they sort of, they mention, you know, we all need our whole picture person. And that resonates with me because it's so true. And, and hopefully, you know, that message can resonate with many people out there when they hear this audio play, or if they see a stage version, or even if they just read the script, because I think that's really important. Sometimes you just kind of need someone to talk to someone to, to like, like you said in the play, like show you the whole picture. And I think the way these two characters connect and they both kind of agree to be each other's whole picture person. I think it's good to have someone that, like that in your life. And, you know, if, if, if that can resonate to even just one person out there, I think you did a great job putting this play together. Well, I, I appreciate that. I think that is important because I do feel like there are parts of ourselves that we reveal to different people. But it's very challenging to find someone who knows you 
you know, the, the real you, the whole you. So, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully these characters connect and maybe there's a story in the future for them uh, down the line. Uh, John maybe is one of the people who have suggested that maybe there's more stories to tell about these characters. So we'll see. John is terrific at writing a short play, falling in love with his characters and then turning it into a beautiful full length play. Me, I, I captured two characters here and I really do like this play. I think it might be my favorite that I've written. So I'm a little hesitant to revisit them and, and, and kind of taint what they have uh, by trying to, you know, part two or the continued adventure. So I, I worry that I, I might not be, uh, I think I found them nicely in this moment and I'm not sure I can expand on that, but it's something I've thought about. Uh, you know what? I kind of like John's idea. I think you could kind of expect, because it's funny that you mentioned him because I recently went to Atlanta to see his play, A Complicated Hope. And he was there that night. It was my first time meeting him. And um, I've produced him twice on the podcast. And that was my first time meeting him, you know, only a few weeks ago. Um, but yeah, he said A Complicated Hope started out as just this short play, a little 10 minute play scene. And then, like you said, he just, he loved the characters and he wanted to kind of expand the story. I don't know. I think you could kind of do that with uh, with this play. So yeah, yeah no, listen I, to his advice. You know, maybe something could work up there, but you know, don't get bogged down on it. You know? I was there at one of the. I think it was the first reading of his ten minute play, uh, and we suggested during the feedback, like, "Hey, John, you could expand this." But uh, he did it so beautifully. It's sort of a. It's daunting to think like, can I try to do something like he did? Uh, he's so wonderful. And that play has gone on to great success so far so oh yeah it's won so many awards and uh and coincidentally it also starts out i think the 10 minute play version was also at a funeral it, it is you're right um so and i have to admit I, I think part of my inspiration for this play was because i had seen that production and i saw he wrote about these characters and uh you know these characters are more grounded than characters in some of my other plays uh you know my my comedies i guess they start with grounded characters and they veer off into strange, unusual directions. And this one starts with the grounded characters and I guess remains a little bit more grounded than my usual writing, which is maybe why I love it. I thought when I wrote this, like, hey, I have discovered a new genre for me. Uh, and then I kind of stopped writing, but at least I at least I, I stopped writing at a peak. You know, I finished with my favorite play. Now I can just re retire. And, <laughs> I went out strong when uh, that last play I wrote. Oh, well, don't retire. You do. You write great stuff. All right. Uh, so, you, I mean, you have a lot going on right now. I mean, just this weekend alone, you've had like three different plays being produced. Uh, one is in Orlando, one in Indiana, and I think the other one was in South Korea. Um, I mean, did you get to see any of those? How did those go? I did. I actually attended a play in Orlando uh, last night, which was the first play I ever wrote that has no jokes. It is a straightforward drama. And uh, I'm not 100% uh, confident that it worked, but I'm going to think about it. Um, the play is a drama that has a twist at the very end, and it twisted, and then it ended, and there was a lot of murmuring. I just don't know whether the murmurs were murmurs of, wow, that was a great twist, or wow, I have no idea what I just watched. So I'll have to interview some people that were in the audience and work on that. Uh, but yeah, it was it was fun to have some different productions. I've heard the podcast that was in Korea. Uh, I didn't get to see the one in Indiana. Um, as a Florida teacher, I don't get to travel as much as I, I wish I could. Uh, but it's nice. But I'm excited uh, for people to hear this one because this is one of my favorite plays. And now that it's available for anyone to listen to, I, 
I hope it finds a, a good audience and some uh, get some good feedback. Yeah, yeah. I mean, your work is getting produced, you know, pretty much all the time from what I've seen on your social media, what you always share. Uh, so let us know, let, let everyone out there know what's coming up, uh, what's currently slated for production where people can see a Ken Proust play in a theater near them. I think this one, you said it's got two productions coming up, right? Uh, it does. There's, there's actually productions coming up in uh September, October, and November. So it's getting its uh, rounds a bit. It's going to be produced in California in October, uh, in Minnesota in September, and then in November, uh, Connecticut and uh, North Carolina, and eventually in Orlando. I don't know the exact dates there. So I will get to see it uh, on stage finally in Orlando at some point. Um, but yeah, I, I've been really good at submitting my older plays to theaters and I'm very grateful that you know they find homes and get produced but I really do need to write something new but I'm guessing talking to artists like you who are supportive and uh, are great writers themselves was always inspiring so hopefully I'll be able to bounce uh, off of this uh, production and this interview and uh, get writing again that would be great yeah yeah um so I mean you have a lot coming up um a lot of cities where people can see your work so where can people find you? You like your website, social media to where they can kind of look this up and kind of and sort of see everything laid out and see if there is a production coming near them. Well, Ken Proust, uh playwright on Facebook is probably the best uh, place because I, I post there. Uh, I'm not as strong on Twitter and Instagram as I should be, although I have uh, posted there occasionally. <laughs> I'm kind of still the old fashioned guy with the social media. Facebook is kind of my my fallback uh but um, yeah, they can uh, reach out through that uh, Ken Proust playwright if they have any questions uh, on Facebook. It's easy to find. And I have some really great uh, production photos there of the wonderful artists who have you know, brought my work to the stage. Um, I usually post things that are coming up and then a, a recap at the end of each month of things that were you know, produced that I'm really uh, grateful for and, and proud of. So those are the best ways to keep in touch. And uh, they can always tune into your uh, podcast as well and catch the great writers that you do, because that's a great way to stay involved with the, the arts, whether it's my play or those great plays you mentioned by my my friends. It's uh, funny, uh, you know, just producing all these different plays. I've met so many different playwrights that I have only seen their names, you know, in festival lineups over the years. Uh, but I think we were talking last time I mentioned, you know, I've seen your name over the years plenty of times. We had never we never messaged, we never talked until like the podcast came along and, um, and I was doing one of your plays and it's been like that with, with all the playwrights, you know, um, I'm able to finally put some communication behind just the names that I've been seeing over the years. And it's been a really great process. I love it. It's great. I love seeing your name pop up in a festival, uh, whether it's a festival that I'm being produced in or one that, you know, my friends are in, but uh, you always see a, a good collection of three or four of the writers that, you admire in every you know production across the country, so it's really nice to have a uh, a benevolent alliance of writers like oh, you, you uh, <laughs> to support each other and to uh, you know to help uh, inspire us. Thank you for uh, for coming back and 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 writing such a great script and and letting me produce it. And I can't wait to uh, to get you back on and and do another one of your plays. And definitely mean, keep writing. Don't don't retire yet. <laughs> I, I know you you kind of you left it with like such a great script, but uh, you know just keep going and let's see where this goes. I will. I'll get you something new so I can get that three timers club and get that jacket. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, thank you, sir. 
thank you all for listening. And if you or someone you know needs help or you are having suicidal thoughts, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-TALK. That's 800-273-8255. And if you are associated with a theater and you would like to produce the play you heard today on your stage, please send an email to gatheredbythegostlight at gmail.com or contact the playwright directly at kenprucepplaywright at gmail.com. This program is supported in part by the Greater Augusta Arts Council through a grant from its partner agency, the National Endowment for the Arts. Intro and outro music, as always, is provided by artist JK47. And if you enjoy this podcast, maybe you're a longtime listener, or maybe this is the first episode you've ever heard, let us know. Please leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And also be sure to follow Gather by the Ghost Light on social media to stay up to date on new episodes. I'm Jonathan Cook, and as always, stay safe, and I'll see you next time we Gather by the Ghost Light. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.